What is going on, everybody? This is Drew here. I want to welcome you all to a brand new episode of Phoenix Down. This is Phoenix Down episode number 40.2. And we are continuing our playthrough of Metal Gear Solid 4, Guns of the Patriots. It's been quite the ride. It's not getting any less crazy. It's not. It's not getting any less crazy, but it is getting epic. And there is some epic stuff that takes place in the fourth act, which is what we will be talking about tonight. And as with me as usual, I have Matt Quinn. Hello. So, yeah. Remember Metal Gear Solid 1? Yeah, that was a good game. That was a pretty cool game. I liked how it took place on Shadow Moses Island. Well, guess what? We get to go back. I like how it was also real low res, because we get to go back. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, last we left off, Snake and company uh, realized that Liquid has to have a railgun to fire off a nuclear warhead uh, to a satellite. Which I originally, last week, I originally thought was a satellite like on the ground. But it's not. It's a, it's a satellite that's orbiting the Earth that is not used anymore, um, which is housing JD, which is officially controlling all of the SOP program. And if he can destroy that, he will then gain control of the SOP program and rule the world. So we got to stop that. Well, the only railgun that we know of is mounted on the side of Metal Gear Rex. Well, the only is, one that's not like ID locked, right? Yeah, the only one that was that was built prior to the Big Shell incident. Um so it is not controlled by the SOP system. Um and uh Rex has been sitting in the same spot it's been sitting for the past 9 years in Shadow Moses Island. What a so, terrible investment that was. Yeah. So we have to go back. And we're treated with... This entire chapter is a nostalgia trip. And a well-done one. And a it very, is, yeah, very well-done one. Like from the, the first scene is awesome, the last scene is awesome, and everything in between is pretty damn good. Yeah. So the first thing that happens when the act starts... It is straight up Metal Gear Solid One. In, the only difference being that it's widescreen. It is widescreen, and you don't have to use the D pad to move. You can use the st control stick, which what we complained about when we played Metal Gear Solid One. I got to use this friggin' D pad to do everything. So, yeah, we straight up play Metal Gear Solid One, the very beginning, sneaking into the base. Um, in pixelated form, everything, just as we remember it. And then Snake wakes up. It was all a dream. Um, <laughs> and then you get the face camo for <laughs> Metal Gear Solid One Snake, and it's just seconds when he wakes up. And he's yeah, still, his face still looks like the PS One version. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, jeez. I wonder what it looks like just running around with that thing on. I want to see all the cutscenes with that fucking mask on. <laughs> yeah, my game actually got kind of creepy because I just put on the the face, the the act, actual face camo. Yeah. And I had gone up against something black, so I basically was looking like some kind of ninja, where I was wearing an entire black bodysuit in all the cutscenes. I'm like, this this gives a pretty different tone to this game. <laughs> So, um, we land, uh, via helicopter, um, onto, uh, the out, the, kind of the outskirts of the base itself. Uh, and we have to, uh, sneak onto the base. Now, obviously somebody's been here because there are gecko everywhere. They're in the snow, like fucking hiding in the snow. So like you you'll be walking by the snow and all of a sudden a gecko comes up out of it. Yeah, and like a blizzard. Like this whole scene, I don't remember if I was impressed at the time, but it's kind of cool. Yeah. The, you know, the, these mountains just basically come out of the come out of the snowstorm and the and the intensity of the snowstorm sort of ebbs and flows. So you might be able to see a gecko and then a minute later you won't wouldn't be able to see him anymore. Yeah. And that actually plays into a boss fight a little bit later on. Yeah, it, it was pretty cool, pretty impressive. Yes, yeah, that's that's one thing I have to say. Even to this day, I mean, this this game is you know, what nine years old now, eight years old. Um, came out in two thousand eight, so um, well, seven years old. But it's still pretty damn impressive for what it does. Yeah, it's not just good looking, but like the tech seems pretty cool. Yeah. So sneaking around uh, the gecko um, and then eventually making it to where you go to the base. It is – like when I first played this, it gave me fucking chills because when you come over that little hill and you see the helipad where the hind was and yep. you, you know you see the elevator, it starts playing the best is yet to come. Yep. And this chapter, this whole chapter is like flooded with, you know, hit X to see a flashback. Yeah. And it's, it's great. You know, you go up to the elevator and, it, you know, you hear, you know, flashbacks of you riding up the elevator and it going where the surveillance camera is and you hear Snake go, a surveillance camera? It's, it's great. Um, it, it's, I mean, it, it's totally, you know, nostalgia trip. Like when I first played this in 2008, it was t- it'd been 10 years since I'd I'd seen this, and it was just it, like it, it was it was a fanboy moment, you know. It was it was one of those things where I was just like, yes, this is so great, you know. And it's almost nicer, you know, that this whole game isn't like that. A, and they didn't even start off the game like this. It's sort of, you know, we're already most of the way through the game, and then all of a sudden you get your huge nostalgia moment. So it's it's almost interesting that they saved it for this deep into the experience. Yeah. It seems like they're, they're, they're ramping up the action in the story. And then they throw this in to say, you know what? Take your time. Just walk around a little while and reminisce, you know? And it was great. It was a great change of pace and it, it, it's perfect. Um, and of course, when you sneak into the base, like you, you, the fucking doors open now, but you know, it's, it's, so you can just walk right on in. Um, and another cool thing uh, that I realized was that 
every single thing that was in Metal Gear Solid 1 is still there. So if there was a ration in that corner, there's going to be a ration there. Huh. It, it like everything is is put just the way it was. So uh and and then you unlock like iPod music like uh from the old game. Yep. And uh and but not only that, if you you um do you know don't use the iPod and stuff like that. Any anything that happens in this area, they play remixed versions of the original songs. Um, so like if you get spotted, it plays like a remixed version of Encounter. Or um, uh, with a perfect example, if you die, because I did die once. Um, if you die, it plays the classic, dun, 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 you know. And I was like, oh, well, great, that you know, because they changed it up. It was just, it, like it, it. This this thing was, I think Kojima was like, I've built a fucking legacy, and people adore the first game. I'm just gonna give them everything they wanted. Which, to a degree, almost makes this feel more like the true end of the series than, you know, because he said three was supposed to be the end. But, you know, this one feels like he, you know, he's bringing back all the highlights, you know. There's not going to be a five. Well, when we go about it that way, originally, Kojima said, we're done with with Metal Gear at Metal Gear 2. He was straight up done. He, he didn't want to do it anymore. Um, and then he made three. And then he made four. Now, he said straight up, this is the end of the series. See, this one feels like more of an end than two but, or three. Well, I think it very much is. Because all the other games he's made since then was prequels. Right. So um, the, I, I think, well, now we know for certain because Kojima's done. You know, he, he, you know the, the company is no more that this is the end of the series. But it is not the end of the canon. I, I do have to mention that Metal Gear Rising, Kojima has said that is part of the canon, and that takes place after this. Mm. So, uh, I just picked it up a couple days ago. Finally, oh, you, you picked it up, did you? Yep, dude, you're in for a fucking treat. That game is fucking nuts. <laughs> I'll tell you how many times I've almost grabbed it. Yeah. Like the soundtrack alone is fucking amazing. So uh, it's 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 totally not Metal Gear as far as the soundtrack goes, but like uh, you, you're you're taking these these crazy bosses and it's all heavy metal music, and yeah. and like it's so like the way they use music in that game is so well done because it's like it's just instrumental heavy metal music, but then when you start actually damaging the boss and killing it. The lyrics kick in and it just gets you fucking amped up. The fucking like, yeah, I'm chopping this fucking guy up, you know, and it's it's fucking great. So uh, y- we may actually have to do that because that would be cool. Yeah, we could we could totally do a Metal Gear Rising. Um, it may be, it may be a little later. Um, because I, I would say that that would pay, take at least two episodes, if not maybe three. It's not crazy long, but it it does have some substantial 
amount of stuff in it. Hmm. So, um, but yeah, so we're trying to make it into where Rex is being held. Um, and we're, we're going through everything, you know, we're, we're going through pretty much every spot is, is, is touched on except for, except for one spot, which is the, the, um, I can't remember was the commander's office where we fought, um, uh, psycho mantis. Yeah. Yeah. We never, we never go back there, but, uh, yeah, we, we find that, uh, the the doors locked so we can't go into uh to the to the outside go, like going into the the communications tower where we had the 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 hind d fight um it's locked so we have to go into Otacon's old office and so we go down the elevator we go back to where you know the the floor was electrified and uh we don't have to worry about that anymore but and then we, you know, go through the, the, the hallway where, you know, Gray Fox was fucking murdering dudes. And, you know, we, we get the cutscene of him and the Mark II driving around his office and, you know, going to where he pissed himself. And it's, it's, it's so, it, it's so, it's so ridiculous, but so great at the same time. And of course we get into big discussions and stuff and, but but nothing really substantial, you know. It, it's all like kind of recapping. Like, why did Naomi betray us, and why was this, and why was that? And it, it's it's all stuff that we've kind of known already. Um. So we open the door, and we're able to go through to where the communications tower were towers were. Because if you remember correctly, one of them got destroyed, um, while the other one kind of got destroyed. And um, this is where we have our boss fight. Um, it's in the kind of the same it because it, 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 it's I swear to God I think it's the exact same sound effect. <laughs> it's the same sound effect from Metal Gear Solid One because when you walk into the area you hear the wolves howl, just like mm-hmm. you did when you fought Sniper Wolf. And I was like, oh boy, here we go. Which I knew this fight was coming, so. Um, so this one we take on, uh, crying wolf, which is unlike any of the other beauty and the beast core, because she is in like a full on bodysuit in the shape of a wolf and she doesn't come out of it. And at the same time, this is happening during a blizzard that is snowing on and off. So you kind of have to use your uh, your solid eye to see. Um, and then at the same time, you've got to be very accurate with your shots because she basically opens up her suit and exposes herself for a few minutes. And you got to shoot her then. Um, and at the same time, frog soldiers are running everywhere trying to find you. Let me tell you, you cannot get rid of them by killing them. No, you cannot. They just keep coming. I put every single one of them to sleep, and probably about four minutes later, I hear one of them say, hey, wake up, and kick one of them. And I'm like, damn it, they keep coming. So I was like, all right, it's time to just bum rush this woman. So 
I just, you know, I got kind of close to her and just started unloading on her. And was able to take her down without killing her. Hmm. So, did you kill her, Matt? Well, I mean, I I shot her with a sniper rifle, but then she did chase me, and then I tranked her after that, so I don't think she was dead. Did you get... All right, so here, here's a good uh, question. Did you get her face camo? I think so, yeah. Okay. Then, yeah, you didn't... I guess technically you didn't kill her. You you because even though I shot her in the face with a sniper rifle. Yeah, that that was just to get her out of her suit. So people can take bullets in this game. We're 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 good on that. <laughs> so um, we take her out. Drevin calls us again to tell us about who she was, and then we move on to the uh, Metal Gear storage facility. Which, before that, we have to change discs. Oh, wait, we don't because we're using the Blu-ray. Yeah. Oh, wait, this is on a PlayStation 3 system. <laughs> oh, out of time. <laughs> this is on a PlayStation 3 TM <laughs> system. I was like, oh, come on. Yeah, because that, during that time, the console wars were in full effect. And, yeah. you know, everybody was like, oh, you know, Xbox, PlayStation. And you know, it was like, oh, PlayStation's got the Blu-ray. We don't have to have multiple discs, bitch. You know, so it was it, it was, it was one of those jabs at the Xbox guys. So, um, and then we make it down to where Metal Gear is normally being stored. Um, we don't, you know, it's funny. We skip a part because we go to the blast furnace area where normally it was completely covered with um, lava or melted metal, whatever. Mm-hmm. And you, if you remember correctly, then we have to go down multiple elevators to get where we fought Vulcan Raven in the uh, in the freezer. Yeah, those slow, big, open elevators. Yeah, right? we, we yeah we completely skipped those. Was that because we, we used the service elevator, the maintenance elevator? Because remember, yeah. the, the door was locked to the, from the, to the blast furnace. So we had to go back. Autocom was like, there's a, there's a maintenance elevator. Maybe that elevator just kind of just went by all that stuff. Yeah, could have huh. been. Which I should mention there in this whole time, we, the, those friggin' orbs with the hands are, are slapping around. And they're so annoying. That's what killed me, which I I didn't mind dying. But at the same time, I was like, Jesus, they won't stop coming because one of them sees you. And then the whole floor is covered with them. I was I was shooting rockets and everything. Were you killing them? Because I just kind of kept leaping past them. I mean, yeah, yeah, I could roll through them. That's pretty much all I was doing. I didn't really fight many of them except for. I think one time I got backed into uh, a corner. You know, there's the door you have to go through. Um, there's a there's a bit of a hallway. The door's locked when you get to it. I'm not actually sure how I unlocked it, but they all kind of cornered me in there, so I just kind of blasted all of them. Yeah. But yeah, we make it past those guys, and then we make it into the area where 
Metal Gear was being held. Um, and it's still there. It's still sitting there. But there is one issue. The railgun is missing. Meaning, unfortunately, Liquid beat us to it. So now we got to figure out where he is. But before that, we have an unexpected guest. Well, he kind of was expected because we saw surveillance footage of him walking. Vamp shows up. Mm-hmm. And he is all, you know, I'm ready to kill you and I'm ready to die. Phil Lamar giving his speech. And um, we begin the fight with uh, with Vamp. This fight, all right, right, I know I knew what to do here uh, this time around. But when I first played this game, I had no frigging clue of what to do. Yeah, you kill him eight or ten or twelve times, and nothing happens. You're like, yeah. hmm. Something's got to give here. Yeah, I was thinking, I was like, do I have to punch him to death? Do I have to, like, I was like, I, I mean, it, it was fucking ridiculous. It, 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 I get, it, it was to a point where I was like, I was pissed off. So what you have to do is you have to CQC him and hold him with the syringe equipped. The syringe that, surpe- oh God, I can't pronounce. The syringe that suppresses Nano machines. The one that Snake's been using because, you know, every once in a while he, he goes a little nuts because he doesn't want to be controlled, I guess. And when you inject him with that, it suppresses his nano machines and automatically like fucking kills him. <laughs> or it doesn't, it doesn't kill him, but it, it stops the boss fight. That's all you gotta do. Um, because his nano machines is basically what's keeping him alive. It gives him regenerative health. So we take him down, and um, now he's essentially mortal. At this time, the gecko starts showing up, and they come in droves. And then Raiden comes in. He's like, I'll handle Vamp. You guys take care of the gecko. Because we're, we're going to... What's that now? The mini geckos. Yeah, everywhere. Um, so rigged. Yeah, they're, they're rigged to self-destruct. And Otacon is using the Mark III to, um, to restart Metal Gear Rex. Because we're going to need some way to get out of here. Because uh, the place is, sur- is is getting surrounded by Gecko that are rigged to self-destruct. And if all these guys go off, we're screwed. At the same time, Raiden is fighting Vamp. So we get the sequence of your controlling Snake aiming his newly acquired railgun... Um, that he got from, from crying wolf and I'm trying to one shot, kill these freaking gecko 
You can't, you can't just bam, 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 and they die. You have to hold it down and aim it until it fully charges and then shoot it. Well, you can just shoot them over time. It just takes longer. It takes way too long. I actually died multiple times here. Really? Yeah. Like, like three times. And it was like, it, it was starting to get late and I was like, screw this. I'll do it tomorrow. And, um, it, it was just fucking annoying. Cause I was like, do I have to use this fucking gun? Let me just switch to like a rocket launcher or something. It wouldn't do enough damage. I couldn't kill him fast enough. Hmm. So, but it's interesting how they handle this because it's split screen right down the middle. Which I loved the first time I played it. Yeah. Oh, uh, so cool. It's crazy good uh, because on the right side of the screen, you have Vamp and Raiden fighting it out dueling with knives while on the left side of the screen you're controlling snake shooting these gecko and it's a crazy scripted fight with uh with vamp and um and riding and i wish i could always watch it that's the thing i always wanted to watch that fight um but i always had to like actually have my attention on snake <laughs> yeah so uh but yeah, eventually we, we we get it to the point where we've we've stopped the get go for now, and Raiden does his final blow on Vamp, and Vamp falls off this long, tall like um, structure, falls onto the ground, and uh, Naomi shows up, and Naomi is saying, "Well." He's he's gonna die, and and it, Vamp wants to die. That's the thing. And uh, he should uh, he she she gives um the Mark III, which is basically Otacon, the syringe, and says, "You give it to him because you deserve to do it because of Emma." But then <laughs> Vamp just grabs it from him and fucking stabs himself with it and gives it to him. And uh, he he dies. It's it uh it kills pretty much his nano machines in his body, and all his wounds basically just don't heal. Yep. And it kills him. And then Naomi decides to take the syringe and inject herself with it. And then she starts dying. Kind of find out for the past three years, she's been battling cancer. And her nanomachines have been fighting that off and keeping her alive. And we get out of con crying again. <laughs> yeah, but, we do. Oh, man, he is just crying like crazy. It's like he said, I thought I was ready to love someone. Oh, God. I like the voice actor that does out of con, but when he starts getting emotional like that, it just sounds bad. Yeah. It does. It's too hokey, man. This is supposed to be like a touching moment. I'm just like, man, Otacon, just shut up for a minute. But she's, yeah. She's, she's giving her multiple injections of something to suppress her nano machines. I don't know what that drug is, but, um, and the cancer is taking over her body at a rapid rate. And she eventually dies. 
But luckily, Otacon has activated Metal Gear Rex. And we are able to drive this sucker out of here. Hanging from the jaws of it, basically. Yeah. Um, so Snake's in the cockpit with the Mark III. Raiden's just kind of like riding shotgun, just holding on to the side of it and riding with us. And we get to control Metal Gear Rex. I was like, hell yeah, we're fucking controlling Metal Gear Rex. And we can use all the weapons, the Gatling gun, fucking rocket launchers, the laser beam, the, the like the plasma cutter laser beam thing. It's crazy. And we're going through these fucking corridors. Like, we got a timer. This place is about to blow. We need to get the hell out of here. There's, there's gecko everywhere. Geckos. What's that? I said there's eight million geckos around. Yeah, oh my god. There's a, a, tons of them. And we're just fucking mowing them down. Yeah, I was just knocking them. We can, we can fucking like ram them, kind of like sh- shoulder charge them or kick them. It's crazy. And it's fucking awesome. And then at the very end there, um, uh, Ryden's like, I'll hold them off. You guys just go. And it's right there at the exit. We make it out and, uh, the place blows and it, it kind of like blows Ryden through the exit, but then like the rubble comes down on top of him. And we're like, oh, shit. Yeah. And then, while we're sitting there in Rex, we notice we hear something coming up out of the water. And fucking out of the water comes Metal Gear Ray. And the it, anti-Metal Gear, Metal Gear. Yeah, the Metal Gear that was designed to kill Metal Gears. It's there. It shows up. And guess who's piloting it? None other. Yeah, none other than Liquid. He's like, brother! (laughs) It's not over yet, Snake. You know? So, uh, it's, uh... (sighs) I have to stress. It's awesome now. But when... When I took over controlling Metal Gear Rex... Having a fucking duel with Metal Gear Ray. Yep. I had possibly the most fucking fanboy moment of my life. I literally had to pause the game and, 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 and I was like, I'm fucking doing this right now. This is the coolest fucking thing ever. <laughs> I was so fucking, I had a, I had a smile on my face the entire fucking time. And even now, like, I was like, man, this is still fucking awesome. Yeah. We're, we're out here on the fucking docks of Shadow Moses Island. You know, we got we got two fucking giant mechs. Yeah, I'm in fucking Metal Gear Rex. He's in Ray, and we're at a fucking like mech battle. We're fucking going at it like like fucking Pacific Rim shit, and it's fucking awesome. And so you know, he's dodging around, and I'm dodging and stuff like that, and it's crazy. And so uh, we we get the best of him. We we um. We take down Metal Gear Ray. It collapses and he falls out of it. At the same time, we collapse and we fall out of ours. And uh, <laughs> Liquid, he gets out and he's standing there and he he's like holding his chest. And he goes, Fox. And the snake oh. goes, die. <laughs> and he falls over. And we're like, oh, shit. 
fucking fox die killed him. And he goes, ah, I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't say that. He's like, oh, not this time, brother. And uh, I think Snake broke his arm. He's holding his arm like it's broken. Yeah, he's pretty. He's pretty beat up at this time, at this point. Yeah. Um, he, he's bleeding profusely from somewhere on his head. I don't know where. Um, and uh, here comes uh, Liquid. He's like, well, I got bigger plans. I'll see you guys later. And he starts running like toward, toward the fucking water. Like there's nothing there. And Snake's like trying to raise up his gun, but he can't because his arm's broken and he's trying to catch him. And um, as he as Liquid reaches the ed- edge of the dock, a fucking thing comes up out of the water. Gigantic thing. And what I didn't remember from the first time I played this, there's a fucking Mount Rushmore on this fucking thing. Yeah. I did not remember that at all. I did not remember that at all. And it's a Mount Rushmore of Solid Snake, Solid Snake, Liquid Snake, and Big Boss. (laughs) (laughs) And I have to say, it's fucking dumb. (laughs) It's so dumb. But I was like, of course. Why would there not be a Mount Rushmore on this thing? And so it's, this thing emerges out of the water. It's fucking huge. It's basically Arsenal gear. It's like a new Arsenal gear. And Liquid calls it his Outer Haven. Mm-hmm. Which is you know, obviously a play on words of Outer Heaven. And it is a standalone area, a mobile standalone area that is completely free of the SOP system. Anything on that vessel cannot be controlled by the SOP. That's how it works. At least that's what he says. And Snake's kind of just hunched over on the pier and liquid climbs aboard and kind of like backs up arsenal gear or outer haven, whatever you want to call it. And then he starts charging forward. Like he's going to run over snake and the pier. And during this time, Ryden is stuck up under the rubble and he can't get his arm free. And he's like, ah, well, I know what I got to do. He takes his fucking sword and cuts his own arm off. And then proceeds to run down the pier, jump in front of Outer Haven, and hold it there for multiple seconds. He stops this gigantic ship from going any farther using only his body. Which makes no sense regardless of his abilities. But he is saving Snake, who is basically given up on life. Yeah. Which is a little strange. Um, yeah, but I guess Raiden doesn't get much more badass than right there. Yeah. I cut my own arm off to save you. <laughs> he cuts his own arm off. I and- visit 
and yeah, defies physics because the pier's cracking and it's like he's pushing up against something, but it's a piece of wood or maybe concrete. Yeah, he's that's, standing on that's in of- water. <laughs> yeah, and he is holding it back with all his might, and it gives Snake just enough time to back off, and it runs over Raiden. Um, at that point, Mei Ling shows up, and she is in a old like nineteen forties battle cruiser shooting at him and uh it forces uh liquid to retreat and so we are left with snake looking over the edge of the pier not seeing Raiden's body but seeing his sword stuck in the concrete which reminds me of the other thing he did so that he could hold back the ship was to Unless I misinterpreted this, he slammed his sword down through his own foot to lock himself in place. Yes. So. We are, I mean, I, we already had this discussion on Twitter with Jamie. We, 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 I, we know that Ryden is not dead, but we are led to believe that Ryden is dead. So, yeah. Sorry, Jamie, we spoiled that, but it's not that big of a deal. If you if you've seen Metal Gear games just in passing, you know that there is a Metal Gear that happens after this that stars fucking Raiden. So, yeah, Raiden's not dead, but we're led to believe that he is dead. And that's the end of the act. Yeah, it's not that long of an act. It's it's not that that was the thing. Um, and I was debating on combining these two together, but then I realized we have an hour and a half movie after the fifth act to talk about. (laughs) So we might as well just wait. Yeah. But yeah, um, the mission briefing afterwards uh, takes place on the battle cruiser with, um, with Mei Ling and she's going over basically the battle plan, battle plan. So, Liquid plans to use Rex's um, railgun to fire a nuclear warhead into space and hit the satellite that is JD. He can only do it at a certain point in the Earth's rotation. And basically, he has to aim it up perfectly. So when the satellite is orbiting us, he has to time it just right. Um, he's got that timing down just right, but we're going to try to be there to counter that. How are we going to counter that if we can't actually enter Outer Haven? Well, there's a catch. In order for him to use the railgun, he has to open up Outer Haven. At that time, we board it and take over the ship. Which is essentially a fucking suicide mission. They basically there it would be no way to do that, mm-hmm. um, and stay alive. On top of that, this is also where GW is being housed, and we have to. We have come to the conclusion that 
we're going to have to stop GW. Because if it comes down to it, if he's able to launch that nuke and take control of the SOP system, we have to destroy GW. But there's a catch to that too. GW is housed in the center of Outer Haven. And it is being guarded by a long corridor that is infused with microwaves. Meaning anybody who steps in there is going to get fucking fried. And I don't think we have any volunteers who wants to get fried. But we do have somebody who probably shouldn't be alive in a few months anyway. This is true. Snake knows it. So he's like, I'll do that. And of course, everybody's like, don't be stupid. He's like, I've got nothing else to live for. Fuck it. Why not? So the plan is (laughs) to board Outer Haven at a specific time. And then if it comes down to it, (laughs) stop GW by going through a corridor full of microwaves who, quite frankly, nobody will survive. So, and even if you do survive it, the radiation will kill you eventually. So... Quite the mission, to say the least. And um, after that mission briefing, we get a scene with Otacon and Snake basically talking about what the hell are we doing with our lives. (laughs) (laughs) And Snake's like, well, I don't have much life left, so I'll do what needs to be done. And, of course, Otacon's like, uh, well, kind of wish Naomi didn't die. (laughs) So it's it's another one of those. So what do you think, Matt? Um, I mean, right now this game is at its peak. I mean, you you've got this this unwinnable mission coming up. We just had this jam packed chapter. I mean, right now this game can't get any more exciting. So how do you feel from 2008 when you first played this game to now? Well, I mean, you know, it's different. It was so new and so exciting in 08. And now, as I've been playing and I've been... There there were a number of parts that I didn't really remember. Yeah. And it's kind of cool to see those, put those pieces back, you know together to, to form the whole story that is this game. And then again, it's it's even almost more impressive because we've been going through these games. So, yeah. you know, the entire chapter in Eastern Europe, you know, Adam and Eva, you know, those characters resonated a lot more this time around than they did in 08. Yeah, it's, it's 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 one of those things where I'm glad I have went back and played the older ones again mm-hmm. to experience this because 
it, it happened a lot in chapter three, but everything is connected somehow. Yeah. And it, it's good to, to have that fresh in your mind going into it. So, um, yeah, chapter three might not have been the most exciting chapter overall, but it may end up being the most important chapter, at least out of the first four. You know, it's the it's the big one, story wise. You know, and, and and this game just hits such such high highs with the story reveals in three. You know, controlling a mech in four, and then my favorite scene in five. Yeah, there's some. This game concludes pretty fucking well. Yeah. Well, we'll get into that. I have I mean, my. I have. And but three I, didn't have nearly the cast of moments that this does. Yeah, I ha, I have my. I I don't know how I'm going to feel after finishing this game again, but I had some. I had a little bit of beef with the ending, the final, final ending of this game uh, back in 2008, mm. and I'm I'm curious if I'm still going to feel that way after basically letting it resonate for a while, but also having all that information available to me now. Yeah. So I, I, I'm, I, this, this next, the, the next episode that we're going to record is going to be either confirming my thoughts or changing my mind. Um, I don't want to get into it because it's long and crazy spoilery and it's, Needless to say, there's some shit that goes down in the final <laughs> act of this game and in the ending. So we will get into that. But I, I kind of touched on it. But uh, there was last week I, I did I, I totally forgot I saved the um, I saved the Twitter um, question, but it was from AM Gamer. He asked, "Have your opinions changed any on this game after playing it again?" Uh, he says, "Like the other MGS games you've played for the show." Uh, which we kind of touched on that a little bit just now, but as of right now, I, I'm I'm enjoying this game a lot, uh, and I enjoyed it a lot when when I played it originally. Um, but like I said, I had I had a different opinion on that game whenever I finished it in 2008, mm-hmm. and I think the. I think once we finish this game, I'm going to see if, if my opinion does change on this game a little bit. I still, yeah. th- I still think this game's fantastic. And so I, far, my opinion hasn't changed nearly as much as my opinion on two and three did having replayed them. Yeah, most certainly. Yeah. I mean, those seem like wildly different in reality than they were in my memory. And this game pretty much is, is how I remember it. I don't remember all the details, but I remember enjoying it. I remember the crazy differences in locations <laughs> You know the the crazy shit you do in this game, and and all of that is still fulfilling my my memories. Yeah, it's 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 done it's done very well, and I think um, this game certainly holds up. So, other than the, you know it holds up, but it's still weird to me. Maybe it was just as weird then, but just how awkward the structure of the game is. I mean, huh. that's not a hold up doesn't hold up argument because. You know that's how it was on day one, and you know that's how it was designed. What do you What do you mean by structure? 
I just mean like the way the game is so clearly broken into acts. Each act is so radically different. You know, each act has its own Beauty and the Beast, and then you get the story with Drebin, and everything is so like formulaic in that sense, and in, in the way that the story plays out. Yeah, I know. Um, I I, w- I kept saying that Metal Gear Solid Three felt like a really linear game compared to the other games. This one feels even more linear. You know, we're 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 going through a story in this game. Um and it is a little polarizing. Mm-hmm. Not to say it's better, but three felt more like a real environment. Like that was that was the world as it is. It was a real environment. You're trekking through the forest. You know, here it's like bam, you're on an airliner, bam, you're in Alaska, bam, you're in Ukraine or wherever, mid you know, Eastern Europe. And it, it feels more action movie-esque and sort of less grounded to a degree. Yeah. Like, who knows what's going to happen next because we could be anywhere and anything could be happening. That's true. I'm curious to see how that changes in um, 5. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm racking my brain right now trying to remember Peace Walker because we're playing that next. And for the life of me, the only thing I really remember of that game is the opening where that one drill sergeant is screaming <laughs> and the um and the cutscenes are all done in comic book style. Yep, I think that's the way Portable Ops was too. So you yeah. know that that's gonna be interesting because I spent so much time with Portable Ops. I mean not so much, but maybe a dozen hours. Whereas Peace Walker, I spent maybe three or four hours max. So I I really didn't experience much of any of the story of Peace Walker. I mean, I, I did get into it a little bit, but I, I it, it most certainly wasn't as far as I wanted to. So when we get into Peace Walker, we're basically doing this fresh. This is This is basically like me playing the game for the first time. Not to mention my goals were different on the PSP. Yeah. Because as much time as I spent with Portable Ops, I wasn't really even there for the story at the time. I was just loving the way you could recruit people. And, I, you know, that that was what was fun to me. That's what I was doing. And that's why I was doing it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I spent a lot of time recruiting people. And, uh, you know, didn't, didn't, wasn't really there for the story. And then again, when it came to, when it came to Peace Walker... I don't know. I think I just uh, part of it was that I was like, well, I should probably finish Portable Ops before I play Peace Walker. Yeah. So you know, for for a couple of reasons, I just didn't really get that far into Peace Walker. So yeah, it'll be pretty much totally fresh for me. Yeah, it's the same way with me. Um, I, I played a shit ton of Peace Walker. That's the thing. But I all I did was fucking recruit people. That's all I remember doing. Oh, Matt, you there? Yep. Okay. So we have an email. It comes from our good friend, Jamie, who is experiencing this series for the first time, as we all know. Uh, The subject line is Metal Gear Solid 4. I say it like that because uh, the first line says, you're supposed to read that subject line like Ron Burgundy. (laughs) 
now you can continue read. You, now you can continue to read the email like me, since you do such a good job. <clears throat> so let me get into my Jamie voice. Yeah, it feels like she's here. I know. Hi guys. So Snake's dream got me thinking way back to the good old MGS1 days. February, wasn't it? <laughs> Remember the D-pad? <laughs> this flash- <laughs> Oh god. This flashback could have only been made better by making us use the D-pad again. The moment it loaded up to the same start point of MGS1, my thoughts were, "Yes, I've trained <laughs> I've trained for this." <laughs> Followed closely by, holy shit, it's going to switch back, right? (laughs) Uh, It's amazing how much a game can mess with your head. I mean, when I walked down the hallway towards Otacon's old digs, I was terrified I'd be finding a cyborg ninja hacking people up. I do like that they added little bits of nostalgia for people who would have played MGS1 years ago. Or months ago. Or months ago, yep. The only thing uh, missing was some sappy music when Otacon was chatting about the first time he met Snake. I could have done without the Mark II going to check out where Otacon peed himself last time, though. I think the Crying Wolf boss fight was my favorite so far. She looked like she was going to be more trouble than she actually was. Plus, they had given me so many rations, so they made it relatively easy. I didn't kill her, though, just for you, Drew. That better not come back to haunt me. This it doesn't come back to haunt you. You can trank like since Metal Gear Two, you can tranquilize all the all the enemies. You get stuff if you do that. I'm just saying. If you need to quench your bloodthirst, you go right ahead. I don't care. Just kill just kill innocent people who are laying on the ground. Okay, they're not innocent. But they're they're helpless. They're in the fetal position and you want to take a gun and shoot them in the head. That be my guest. Yeah, there's probably some kittens and puppies around, too. <laughs> uh, then apparently, because I didn't kill her, I got to keep her face. Way to make it more creepy, Kojima. <laughs> I'm so sad that Vamp is dead. Nope, I'm not. Moving on. I'm not supposed to. I'm not surprised that Naomi was a good guy in the end, since good guys always seem to die. Everyone is so damn noble in this game. I swear it's like you're not part of the team if you haven't sacrificed yourself. Eventually, it gets, it's going to get old, cough riding. <coughs> riding. Riding. I can't, I can't do it like that. Uh, and nobody will care. The last bit was all kinds of fun. Driving Rex was awesome. I'd be yeah. lying if I didn't consider world domination, but Snake isn't that kind of guy. And it was all topped off with Rex versus Ray battle. Brother versus brother. <laughs> I'm trying to do, I'm trying to go for a liquid sound there. Oh, well, there you go. Um, I'm not sure what to say about the Rushmore sub. <laughs> it's so dumb. That's what it is. Oh, this kind of thing is par for the course. Now my eyes don't even roll anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I know it. <laughs> oh, let's see. Lastly, let the man have a bloody smoke already. <laughs> he could literally drop dead at any moment. Lung cancer isn't in the cards for him. <laughs> oh, and Johnny is just okay with not wearing a mask anymore. 
I wonder if Merrill makes him leave it off. I would. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> God. You know, I start these emails thinking I've got nothing to say. Then this happens. Jamie. Awesome. Thank you very much for that email, Jamie. Um, I still have that one email that I'm saving for the end because it does get into spoiler territory for Act 5. I one promise. Yeah, one more week. I promise I'm going to read your email and I'm going to read it in 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 the 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 best way possible. <laughs> I I'm just I'm just going to guess how you sound which is basically just going to be me talking. So but uh but yeah. Johnny gets to shine in the next uh act. Pretty well actually. So uh get ready for that, Jamie. And um grab some fucking popcorn. And go ahead and use the bathroom when you beat the game. What's that? Make yourself a sandwich. Yeah, no shit. Because you're going to be sitting there for a while. I I didn't time it exactly, but I'm pretty sure that the final cutscene. So here's the deal. I'm just going to go ahead and set it up for you. You get the final cutscene. Then the credits start playing. Then you get more cutscene than the game ends. Okay? From the final cutscene to where the game ends, I have, like I said, I have not clocked it, but I want to say it's around 111 minutes. That's pretty specific for not having clocked it. I want to say I looked it up online one time, and I'm just throwing that number out there, but I think that's the number. So, not quite full feature-length movie. Well, yeah, it is. <laughs> and then some. But I could be wrong. I can guarantee you it's an hour long. Without a doubt. Yeah, I, I read somewhere that they... And kept the cutscenes to 45 minutes, but I don't think that accounts for the fact that you could have two or three cutscenes back to back. Yeah. Or oh, they throw credits in there and then more. Yeah. So, man, that's long. The ending of this game is long and drawn out, but there's a lot of stuff that happens in it. So, get ready. That's all I can say. I'm excited though. I, I want to see what's going to happen. I, I'm 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 excited to to feel to see what I'm going to feel like after I finish this game again. Because I, like I, I'll get into it like next week when we finish it. But I had I had a a feeling of what should have happened, and I've stuck with that feeling for probably since I beat the game until now. So I'm wondering, I'm wondering if I, if I still have that feeling now. So we'll find out. Um, it's kind of a shorter episode, but that's okay. Um, make it next week. yeah, we're definitely going to make it up for next week. Uh, but yeah, um, I guess while we're still talking here, I, I do want to bring up my schedule just one last time, just to confirm stuff. Hey, so far we're on track. Yeah, we are. We're actually a week ahead. So, let me take a look here at my calendar. 
So I've got MGS4 ending the 29th, which I, I had it set to where we record on Wednesdays, but we switched that up a little bit. Starting uh, Peace Walker the week of the 5th of uh, August. Doing the take three. Yeah, I, I have it set to just three. Um, so, so if we go by schedule, the week of the nineteenth of August, we should be finished with Peace Walker. Wait, that can't be right. Yeah, fifth, twelfth, nineteenth. Yeah. Okay. So have it. Wait, wait. One, two, three, four, five. I had five weeks for Metal Gear Solid. No, I only had four. Huh. Apparently I did account for that. All right. So three weeks for Peace Walker. Take a week off. And then we jump into Metal Gear Solid 5. But um, we're going to have to... I'm going to give ourselves... Because Metal Gear Solid 5 releases the week after the week off. And I'm going to give ourselves probably two weeks to finish that game. You think you'll have it done in two weeks? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So... um, we could probably do something in between there if you want to, like intermission or something. But it's going to be a lot of Metal Gear. Uh, and then after that, um, so if we give one, two, two weeks off, we may be able to squeeze some kind of a smaller game in September, if that's the case. I don't know. We'll talk about it whenever we get there. Need to fill one week. What's that now? We could always do ground zeros if we need to fill one week. That's true. We could do ground zeros. Um, we could do ground zeros. Um, yeah. We could do ground zeros, like just record a one-off for ground zeros, and then while we're doing the week of, of Metal Gear Solid Five, So while we're playing Metal Gear Solid Five, we could record an episode just talking about ground zeros. And then yeah. record, yeah. Then record uh, MGS five. But the thing is, is that since MGS five is just going to be a single episode where we're just going to basically spoiler cast it, just just talk about everything. Um, that that would probably leave us about two weeks before October. I think the first week of October is when we would start Eternal Darkness because that game is relatively long. Yeah, and I, th- I think it's going to be the whole month of October for us. Um, okay. so. We- so we may have about two weeks in between there that we could probably squeeze something in, something small. I don't know. Um, but yeah, we'll get we'll get into that when when it gets closer to that's two that's two two months away. So, but yeah, that we 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 got that. And then Imagine after scheduled, so I can get my stuff out of storage finally. Yeah. So we um we can do that uh, and then. After Eternal Darkness, I, I really want to start Witcher 2. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. I've already got it loaded up and ready to go. Yeah, I am I am totally ready. Hopefully, I, I'm hoping by then that it will be backwards compatible with Xbox One so I don't have to play in my office here on my shitty TV because I'm not moving my Xbox 360. So we'll find out. I doubt it, but I'm, I'm probably going to be pl- playing it in here. So... Which is not a big deal, but you know. But that's it for us. I mean, I, I do appreciate everybody listening. Uh, you can send us an email. It's uh, drew at ztgd.com. Um, 
tell us about Metal Gear Solid uh, 4. We're, we're our final episode. We're talking about the ending. You guys can send me an email. Get as spoilery as you want to. Talk about your theories and what you think. I want to hear from you guys. Not Ask just, any questions. Yeah, any questions whatsoever. We are not Metal Gear experts, but I have a Wikipedia page that I can bring up that has those answers. So uh, we can definitely do that. We're going to talk about it a lot on the next episode. Um, you can also follow us all on Twitter. I am at DML Fury. Matt is at R-E-M-G-S. And the podcast itself is at ZTGD Phoenix Down. Um, getting, uh, getting excited to, uh, to finally end this, just, just to see everybody's theories. And I, I, I am excited just to see how I feel about it and give you my thoughts on how I thought about it back then. That, that's going to be the big thing. Uh, because this, because I may play it next week and say, you know what? This was actually pretty brilliant. But at the same time, this is what I thought about it last before I redid it. So it's going to be interesting. Um, but yeah, that's um, that's pretty much it for us. You know, anything else going on? I, I do want to. Um, I'm going to tease this because I don't know if it's actually going to happen or not. Um, so just take it with a grain of salt. I'm trying to set up a new thing. Uh, a, possibly a new podcast uh, for uh, ZTGD, and um, it's 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 something that I've been trying to work on for a while now, and uh, I'm trying to get my buddies uh, to go along with it. Um, as we've talked about on the show before, I uh, I'm the dungeon master for my D and D group, and uh, it's been a while since we've actually played. And that's mainly due to some of our friends, you know, they're married, got children now. It's, it's hard to get everybody together. Everybody's got full-time jobs. It's, it's kind of hard to do. Um, but I have brought it up to them and I, and I've brought it up to Ken to see if we could possibly do this. And I'm hoping that, uh, I'm going to start a new campaign, uh, the next time we do play. And I have got myself a nice, uh, blue yeti microphone i'm going to set that sucker in front of us and i'm going to record us during our D sessions um at least that's what the plan is um just getting everybody together to do it um is a challenge in and of itself but i'm hoping to possibly do that and um let me know if anybody out there would be interested in hearing that um, we have a lot of fun while we play D and D. It's not all serious and stuff like that, but I kind of get into it. As you all know, I love doing voices and stuff like that, and I really get into to doing voices for characters and stuff like that. And I, I, I I'm, I like to think of myself as a very imaginative person whenever it comes to to creating a campaign for for my players. And um, I think I've got a pretty cool one going on. I've been writing on it for probably about two weeks now. Um, just trying to get everybody together to possibly do it. Um, I talked to it with, it's basically me and two of my old roommates and one of the, one of those guys, brothers and another friend of ours. So basically everybody who was in rage quit radio back whenever we used to do that. And one other guy, yeah, the good day, the good old days. So if I can get everybody together, record this shit, 
I'm going to try to put some production value into it too. So, so my, my, I don't know how well this is going to work, but my plan is to record our session, right? And I'm going to go back and listen to different clips of the session. So when we're in town, I'm going to go and splice together music to put in the background. Uh, so like if it's a town setting, I'm going to put like a town from, so I'm just using video game music. So like a, 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 the town music from Final Fantasy or something like that or or battle music. Whenever we're in a battle, I'm going to play battle music in the background and stuff like that. It's going to be a lot of fucking work, but I think if I can get it to work correctly, it might be kind of cool. So if you guys are interested in that or just hearing a bunch of nerds sit around a table and talk about fantasy role-playing, you may enjoy it. So, But like I said, it's not a definite thing. By any means, we're we're still trying to figure that out. Um, it may not happen, but if it does, keep your eye out for ZTGD because I'm going to be posting it there. Um, the the thing is, is that I don't know how soon we can get together, and then after our first session, I don't know when it's going to happen to our second session. So what may end up happening is I save like two or three sessions, and that way release them at different times each week, kind of deal. So What's we'll. Might even take more than a week to edit and prep. I when when I sit down and edit something, I get into the fucking zone, man. <laughs> I, I used I used to do this shit all the time. I can splice together fucking music real easy, you know. And uh, I guarantee you, if I were to record like a two or three hour session, I can guarantee you, I could splice music together within an hour. So it's, it's, it's just one of those things where I like, I'm going to like try to write down while we're playing and while we're recording, like what times certain things happen, what story beats happened when battles started happening and stuff like that. So I'm going to make notes and stuff like that or try to at least. But like I said, that's just the plan. And if you know me and my friends, plans are very difficult to come together for us. So. We'll see how it goes, but I'm kind of excited for that. I've been working on this campaign, and if they leave me hanging with this campaign, I'm going to be kind of pissed at them, So, and they know this, so don't let me down, guys. I know they don't listen to this. Maybe one of them does, so we'll see how it goes, but yeah, that's that's just something that may be coming down, down the pipeline later on. But that's it for us. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed, and um, we will return to uh, finish off the the crazy, crazy Metal Gear Solid Four. But until then, I'm Drew, and I'm Matt, and we are out of here. Hope you guys have a great week, and we'll catch you next week with the conclusion of Metal Gear Solid Four: Guns of the Patriots.
是心。